Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, December 30th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Millis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the Bass Master Ribbon Dem Lips, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! The International Man of Mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. <laughs> Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. JD, remind me, later in this podcast, later in this show, we are going to get your Wonder Woman 1984 <laughs> review. I totally forgot about it the other okay. day. We'll, we'll slip that in a little bit later. Shout out to the stream team. Appreciate you guys taking the time to join us live on YouTube today. Make sure you all like and you comment and you subscribe, and you tell your friends, and let's grow the No Dunks YouTube channel. Email us your questions and your comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. Get them in for next week's Beach Steppin' Podcast. Go grab yourself some sweet, new-ish No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Yeah, Trey's got the No Dunks basketball high school-like sweater on and the shorts let's see the dong too why not all right if you want oh Oh, his dong knocked over the mic here we go um that was great comfy yeah feeling good now okay good (laughs) it's not really a a classic until trey's knocked his mic over anyway (laughs) nice okay 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 we're back baby we're back sorry i haven't stood up on a podcast in a long time (laughs) i asked him were the short are the shorts comfy trey uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got bowling ball legs, Skeet, so I'm filling out those billowing, billowing shorts. Uh, if you're built like Alexei Pukashevsky, though, you might be sticking some sticks down through, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. A weird start to this one. Uh, and uh, I want to remind everyone, if you haven't already, uh, make sure you check out the bonus podcast we recorded and posted late last night with writer Rembert Brown discussing his new podcast, Gaining Ground, the New Georgia, and all the work that went into flipping the state of Georgia blue for the first time since 1992, and how Trey Young is making the Hawks cool, and a bunch about the City Edition jerseys. Lots of fun. So go check that out. Um, it was Trey Tass and JD talking to uh, Rembert Brown. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, it went up a little too late for me last night. I had to watch some basketball, but I'm excited today, guys. And uh, by all accounts, uh, talking to you guys. It's a, it's a fun conversation, a great podcast, so go check that one out. Good times were had by you guys? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That was fun times. Nice, nice. So there you go. Rember Brown, that podcast is now up. Go check it out. It's up on YouTube, too, if you want to watch it. All right. We, uh, we've got JD's Wonder Woman 1980 review, uh, 84 review. We've got Tweet of the Night, which JD actually has as well. But we're starting here today with a little What You Got. What You Got? Yes! What you got? 
Oh, it's been so long. First one, guys. Biggest sigh of relief victory. All right. I'm going to give you three options, Tass. We can get it started. The Bucks, the Celtics, or the Sixers. The biggest sigh of relief victory. And what I mean by that is, you know, these teams have not come out blazing, but they got good quality wins last night. Some of them in dominant fashion. Which team are you picking there for the sigh of relief victory? Bucks, Celtics, or Sixers? What you got? Well, I'm glad we're going to stay away from the Raptors for a second. We'll cry We'll cry a little bit later about the fantastic era that was that championship run a little later in the show. I think the sigh of relief, uh, I'm going to go away from the Bucks' three-point record for a second. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics because it sure looked like they were going to fall to one and three, dropping two straight games to the Pacers because they were down double digits in the fourth quarter against the Indiana Pacers. And that one win that they had was a lucky bounce, even though Jason Tatum won't admit it, that bank shot against uh, the Bucks way back when, it feels like, a week ago. That was their only victory this season. Uh, at, at this point, it looked like fourth quarter that they were going to lose. And then they had a beautiful, fantastic fourth quarter comeback. And now they're 2-2 two and two and they're, they're sitting pretty. And, and I just, uh, I think they're breathing a sigh of relief because Jason Tatum has not looked like himself despite that great shot. He said he played like crap in that game. Uh, and he only had four free throws through the first three games. He's had to do a ton with Kemba Walker out. Mm -hmm. He's had to do a lot of the setting up of this team. And I think in the end, it's going to prove that that was beneficial for him because uh, I think he has to do so much in the playoffs. He's going to rely on Kemba Walker more. He's going to appreciate it. He's going to learn from that. Uh, But if you go down one to one and three, like it sure looked like they were going to do against another good playoff team. It could have been three straight losses, the Pacers, Pacers, and the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, do you rush Kemba Walker back at some point? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a worry. And obviously the Beantown boys and gals would be up in arms uh, if they went down one and three. And and every loss really does matter uh, because it is a shortened season and you just never know. They could drop down. I mentioned those playoff teams that they're losing to. There are a lot of good teams at the Eastern Conference. Does Danny Ainge have to finally pull the trade? I'm very much intrigued with James Harden uh, potentially being on the Boston Celtics. Again, I think um, at this point, Kemba Walker is getting older. Uh, if they do lose this game, then, yeah, there, I think there's, there is some chatter about them trying to pull the trigger on a deal. But they have played four playoff teams. They've played four really good teams. Uh, and now sitting at 2-2, two and two, I think they're happy. And, then, and, and Jason Tatum going to the free throw line, 10 free throw attempts in this one. They got to feel a lot better. But, mm-hmm. uh, but again, I think in the long run, even though there's some panicking out there, uh, I think this will be good for Jason Tatum, but they do miss Kemba Walker. There's, there's no doubt about that. Marcus Smart isn't that same guy, and Jason Tatum, that's a lot to rely on. But getting to the free throw line, they're starting to look like a, a championship contender again. Yeah, they cranked up the defense there late. Like you said, Tatum led them in the fourth, uh, helped that he was getting to the line. So they beat the Pacers by five. You said the Bucks set the single-game NBA record for three-pointers made uh, with 29 threes in a 47-point trouncing of the Heat. And then the Sixers, who were led by Embiid and Harris, uh, they knocked off the Raps, so they improved to 3-1. So, Trey, same question. Tasco is Boston. He goes with the Beantown boys and gals. Which of those three teams had the bigger sigh of relief victory last night? I'm with Tass. I think it's Boston, just because when you're talking about a sigh of relief, it's kind of got to be something bad that happens for the other team, too. And I think that the Pacers kind of fell apart at the end of this game. You know, TJ mm. Warren fouled out with about four minutes left. We got uh, a great Jalen Brown push for a layup. The guy has been excellent so far this season. I, I always love how he surprises an opponent with uh, 
just a take to the other side of the of, of the court in the fourth quarter. It feels like it happens every single game. He gets a steal and still has the energy and the will to push it the other way. We had Malcolm Brogdon miss the layup that he could have easily made. DeMontis Sabonis went up for a jump shot, turned it into a pass to Miles Turner. He wasn't looking. Jalen Brown had the steal off the inbounds. DeMontis Sabonis tried to catch the ball with his new haircut. It just wasn't happening for the Pacers last night. They've had a great start, but it's also a sigh of relief, I think, for the Sixers with the way they won uh, against the Raptors. Once Joel Embiid came back uh, and kind of, you know, um, showed why you need to have somebody around that can guard him, the Raptors were happy to be double-teaming him, triple-teaming him, but... Embiid would kick the ball out. The ball would actually move around the perimeter. It found Danny Green in the corner for a three at one point. There was a massive, almost quadruple team on Embiid with about a minute left. He kicks it out to Seth Curry, who's wide open at the top of the key. He knocks it down. And I think if you're a Sixers fan, you see Danny Green making a three when he needs to make a three. You see Seth Curry doing it again. He had a a clutch shot last week as well. I think if you're a Sixers fan, you just got to be a little bit excited that you're seeing uh, the structure of this team pay off immediately, right? You're seeing uh, the problems that you've had in the past couple of seasons where if Simmons and Embiid are taken away, there's not going to be somebody on the outside who can really uh, knock down the threes. But last night, Green hit a big one. Seth Curry hit a big one. If you're a Sixers fan, you got to be loving it. You got to say, hey, our team looks like it's supposed to look. That's nice. Yeah, absolutely. All three of these wins really like sort of uh, revenge victories too, Lili, right? With uh, the Bucks killing the heat after losing to them in the playoffs and the Sixers have ha- had a lot of losses to the Raptors the last couple of years but they get theirs and then the Celtics like Tass talked about um having already lost to the Pacers get this one last night where do you go from those three yeah I, I guess uh, I-, I would probably lean towards the 76ers because the Raptors were desperate for a win and the Raptors finding ways to lose right now that's uh, the opposite of when a team's on a roll they find ways to win the Raptors just find ways to lose and they stunk it up right there at the end, really, they couldn't close it out. Bainesy's big three. That was a big turning point there as well. He knocked it in, but then it gets waved off. Uh, but the but the Raptors it got, it looked... got waved off about eight minutes later. Yeah, exactly. I know, <laughs> which so which long. is even more frustrating. Yeah. But uh, the Raptors sort of had chances, but then the Sixers in that sort of crunch winning time there. And Embiid made a really nice play to get Seth Curry that three at the end, which was kind of the sealer there. And Embiid, to me, looks just a little bit more in control of his game right now, which is something that I think is uh, the doctor of his influence. That's what I'm giving credit to, in that he knows he can be dominant and big at times, but he doesn't always have to do anything. Trust your teammates. Trust those guys who can hit threes like Danny Green and Seth Curry and find those guys. And uh, and that's what it was at the end there. And Tobias Harris had a good game as well. He's, he's, he's one of his good games where he just sort of throws it up. And you think, maybe this guy's an all-star. Yeah. And then he'll, then he'll go missing again for another eight or nine games. So... I think it was that one. I mean, the, the Bucks game, that was a an impressive win against a team that uh, absolutely destroyed them in the playoffs last season. But no Jimmy Butler. So I, I think that takes a little bit of the sting out of that one. But it was something to see considering their last game for Milwaukee. They got absolutely punked by the Knicks. And the only other win they've had was against the Warriors, who were, who were no good as well this season. So it was good to see Milwaukee get a convincing win against the you know, for the most part, a good team. But of yeah. course, without Jimmy Butler there, uh, it's not quite the same. So I'll go back to the Sixers. I think that was uh, an impressive victory for them because of the way they came from behind. I mean, the Raptors the Raptors blew this one. I really think the Raptors well, blew it. Okay, okay. Well, let's get to that because that's the next question here in the what you got. Most disappointing start to the season. I'll hit you with three teams. Uh, the Raptors... 0-3, you know, losing to the Sixers last night. They're one of four teams still without a win. It's the Raps, Pistons, Wizards, and Rockets. The Heat, you know, getting absolutely embarrassed there. Yeah, no Jimmy Butler, but you're still a good team. And just killed, killed on TNT. They're 1-2. And, and the Nuggets uh, lose the late game last night. 
They fall to one and three. So of those three teams, who's had the most disappointing start, Trey? Come on, Skeets. It's got to be the Raptors. They're the only winless no dunks team. I can't even imagine cheering for a team that doesn't have a victory at this point in the season. Look at the Cavs. They're great. Lee's yeah. Knicks also pretty solid. And the Bulls started their playoff push last night. So it's obviously got to right. be the Raptors. I kid. They're going to be fine. They're going to end up with a top six t- seed in the Eastern Conference. You know, it just feels like uh, Aaron Baines and Alex Len may not be the solution for their big guys. I don't know if there's another way uh, to bring in somebody to help in that realm, but that's something to worry about later. But to me, the most disappointing start so far is the Heat. They just don't look like the bubble Heat. They look like the regular season Heat from last year when they could not get a win on the road. They're 0-2 right now. They got a win at home. Like we said, no Jimmy Butler last night. They had a quick turnaround from the NBA Finals, so you can expect a slow start. It did feel like the Bucks had been waiting to play this game for about 80 days, <laughs> but the Heat just don't have the ferocity right now. If you lose by 47, you give up 29 threes. That's a disaster, and it's an embarrassment, even if you were one of the two teams that was playing most recently. The Heat can't be excited about the way they started. If you talk all about culture and all about being ready to play, and then you're not ready to play when the season starts, it looks bad, but... Mm-hmm. Just like I think the Raptors will be fine eventually this season, I I expect the same from the Heat. Tess, where do you go with this one? Who's been more disappointing of these three, like, really good teams? Uh, You know, I was... uh... I was pleased watching that Bucks game for for a few reasons. First, the, the 29 threes, obviously an incredible record. 12 guys made threes, another NBA record. Wow. And this was the day that John Horst talked to Eric Name of The Athletic and said... You know, this is the best team that we've put around Giannis. Pretty good timing because they just all were hammering those shots. Uh, This is exactly what John Horst was talking about. What he set up around Giannis was three-point shooters. So that all happens. And then in the third quarter, TNT decides to go away from the game that they're showing. I don't know if that's ever happened (laughs) where they decide to just bounce around. This was not planned. They weren't, this isn't, this wasn't uh, an in-between game where the game is over. They decided to do some court surfing and bounce around to different games because it was a 30-point blowout at that point. They didn't even care to stick around to see the three-point record happen uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, This this was a perfect night uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, and it was led uh, in terms of threes by Drew Holiday, and he is the guy that's going to have to make things happen, everybody hitting threes, and Drew was leading the way with six. So... Uh, I kind of like what what TNT did there. This is, sure. this is what you got to do. You got to you got to keep people engaged, or else they're gonna click tune out, find a stream, uh, go on to LP, or or do something else. So uh, that was a that was a nice a nice game uh, for the Bucks. But you know the the worrisome part is I thought Aaron Baines could play Joel Embiid, and uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. No. Aaron Baines is made for Joel Embiid. Uh, so now getting into the mid thirties, I mean that's the worrisome part is that. If you can't guard the big body, uh, you're going to get into space. Like They had this game in the fourth quarter, and uh, this was a game where the Sixers shot 8 of 31 from three, and and Joel Embiid led the... I'm sorry, Tobias Harris led the team in field goal attempts. Uh, but yeah, they, they they found a way there at the end, and the Raps found a way to lose. So the, the worrisome part is, can Raps close, the Raps close games, and is their center spot uh, a little bit too holy uh, to overcome because mm-hmm. yeah, Trey said they should be a, a, a top six seed. I think they are sort of tier two, but you know the way the Pacers are playing, um, it's going to be a fight to get up. Uh, you know into those into those home court seeds that they would expect to make. But it's uh, 
it's a battle in the East, man. There's no there's no real joke team amongst the top seven, I would say. No, you're right. It's uh, interesting to see Raptors Twitter here this morning or late last, late last night after the loss. It's like you got a lot of people like the sky is falling. Uh-oh, here we go. Back to 2005. Uh, this is brutal. <laughs> and then, you, of course, you've got other people saying, okay, it's only three games. They've had double-digit leads in all three of these games. They, you know, Things go a little differently. They're very easily 3-0 and oh or 2-1, and one and, and then they're, they're, they're okay. But there are issues here, and I don't think it's just Bainsey there be, not being able to slow down Joel Embiid, who... Uh, was just you know uh, parading to the free throw line. I mean, he's a beast. Uh, you got you got to slap at him and uh, and put him there. I get it. But they stink when Kyle Lowry is not playing. Point blank. Period. They are garbage when he's on the bench. And a lot of that's got to fall on Fred Van Vliet's shoulders. He's failed to lead them uh, when it's just him out there and generate good lucks. Siakam continues to struggle. There's no other way to put it. He's sloppy with the ball. I mean, even got Nick Nurse pointing that out. Not really calling him by name, but basically saying, we got to be better with the ball. He's struggling to score inside still. Norman Powell looks more like a 12th man than a viable 6th man of the year (laughs) candidate. I mean, he has been brutal. they, They had leads. They played well. And this was crazy. I watched this whole game. And Tess, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know how much you caught of it, but I thought the the Raptors outplayed the Sixers for like what felt like 42, 43, 44 minutes of this game. Like they were the better team. They really were. The defense was a little more Raptors-like. You know, they were hitting some threes. Siakam and even Norm there for a little bit. And OG was great, I thought. And they still lose. It was one of these like, wow, like the Sixers just outplayed them for like four minutes, just timely minutes. And they won because in the second quarter, the Raptors were up big, built a nice lead. But they should have been up 30. They should have been up so much that I was flipping around and doing some court surfing. But they didn't put the Sixers away. Sixers got right back into the game. And then, yeah, Lowry did his thing. He came back in at the end of the half and gave them an 8-0 run just because he's crafty Kyle Lowry and, like, grifted some free throws and had an awesome, like, the two-for-one and all that. But, like, just so many times they didn't put them, put them away. Sixers hung around and then and pulled it out. But there are a lot of, like, I'm a little concerned uh, for what's going on in Toronto just because... Outside of Kyle, uh, you know, there's not a lot of positives right now with a lot of the way a lot of these guys are playing, um, especially their their guys that they paid a lot of money to in Siakam and Van Vliet. Lee, what do you think about the reps? Yeah, I just think they, uh, like I said earlier, they, when you're in a bit of a trot, you can find ways to lose games. And, and, and it's the opposite when you're in a bit of a winning stretch where you just sort of like pull victories out. The, the Raptors are pulling losses out at the moment because they haven't been playing super bad but they haven't been able to uh, close out games and Siakam yeah he, he's the biggest concern right now because he didn't have a great bubble and so far you, you're waiting for him to sort of because he said he was working on his shot during that brief off season and he was trying to get better and we just haven't seen him yet live up to that sort of uh, potential that he that got him that huge contract so I think that's where it focuses you know with Kyle Lowry he's going to fight and scrap no matter what he, he always performs for the Raptors but other guys you mentioned there like Norm Powell he is feast or famine, and he was very good last season. He was mm-hmm. having a great season, but prior to that, he was someone who uh, really was up and down, and, and that's, he, he is certainly struggling here. Fred, I mean, yeah, he got the big contract. We're expecting him to take that step up, and he hasn't yet done it. So, uh, you know, I, I look, the Raptors haven't been completely embarrassed yet in a loss. They haven't just been a disaster, No, but they haven't been polished, and, and you expect that they will shake that off, and I can easily see them going on a four or five game win streak once they once they get that first one down. But, uh, you know, they're out of Tampa. They've only played one game down there in Tampa. Then they went to San Antonio. Now they're in Philadelphia. So they've had a bit of a tough a, a tough schedule there against some good teams. I mean, not to Three make Three road games. 
<laughs> yeah, not to make uh, not to make excuses for them, but it you know like to me it's like they're playing well enough to win games. They just can't get over the line. So uh, there's a few little problems there. But so if I had a panic button in front of you right now, you wouldn't be pressing the panic button for the Raptors. No, yet. Not just yet. Not just okay. yet. I mean, again, I, I give credit to the Sixers for bouncing back after an embarrassing loss in their last game uh, to the Cavaliers. Uh, and and again, they closed out the game after the Raptors led. So much of it. I mean, the last 40 seconds of that third period was a tied game, and then the Raptors rattled off eight straight points. Like, So the Raptors are, f- are figuring out ways to score and to get themselves into the lead. Just can't close it out right now. So I think it will come. They don't have any injury concerns. It's just a matter of uh, trying to get that, that first victory under the belt and get that confidence and swagger back. Well, Trey, it would help to, to go to the free throw line yeah. there, mate. Only 13.7 attempts, worse than the league. Sam Unono mentioning in the stream team that Trey Young is taking more free throw attempts than the Raptors <laughs> are as a team. When you're trying yeah. to close out a game in the fourth quarter, it helps to go to the line. I do like this suggestion from Greg Ray in the stream team who says the Raptors could get Al Horford for a first rounder. Think that helps? Interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Horford is it. certainly an upgrade over Baines and Len. You know, Baines and Len are both backup centers for the Phoenix Suns. Now the Raptors are running yeah. them out there as major pieces. Al Horford's still a starter in this league, and he has the rep of a Joel Embiid stopper. The Sixers <laughs> signed Al Horford. They're like, we cannot let you guard Joel Embiid anymore. We will submarine our own team just so that Al Horford doesn't guard Joel Embiid. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the trade NBA machine up here, so let's oh, give me yeah, a minute. Oh, here, here we go. Oh, the trade man. NBA machine. Woo! Uh, here, here it comes. Yeah, Al Horford would help a lot. They just there's they they just fade in the fourth quarter. They just they're just not right. They're just they just need to see a bucket go in. But yeah, Al Horford. They have they have as much as people want to say Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher uh, and Alex Len are, are going to supplement Marcus Sol and Serge Ibaka. Uh, that's nuts. Uh, yeah, they they've gotten worse at the five spot. But they just need to see some shots go in. I believe in Pascal Siakam's uh, his form. I think it looks good, even though the shots aren't technically going in. Uh, you know, they're getting a lot from a lot of guys. That I think they're fighting. They just need to see a, a W happen in the fourth quarter. And they do it by committee, and they're kind of waiting for Pascal Siakam to kick ass. Um, somebody just needs to hit a freaking shot. Trey, tell me, what's it like when your team wins a basketball game? Like, is it crazy? <laughs> Dude, it's awesome, man. <laughs> I was happy. I woke for up you this morning night. feeling jacked and juiced. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, all right, so it sounds like really that none of you guys are, are panicking when it comes to the Raptors being 0 3. We talked about the Heat, uh, and, and the Nuggets are 1 3. I don't want to like gloss over them. I know we're going to talk about who they played uh, in the Kings a little bit later here, so maybe we'll just leave it at that right now. They didn't have Jamal Murray. Uh, in their loss last night, but one and three for a team that's in the conference finals, uh, you know, not a hot start after a little bit of turnover too, losing some, uh, you know, guys like Grant and Plumlee and Craig, uh, guys that helped defensively for a team that wasn't even a juggernaut defensively as it was, uh, maybe it's impacting them uh, a, a little bit. All right, well, our next one here, this one's, uh, oh, this one's crazy. Most unlikely MVP candidate, all right? Unlikely MVP candidate. They are at the table. They've pulled up a folding chair. At the very least, they're jamming their way into the, into the conversation at this table. Vucevic, Drummond, or Julius Randle? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't stutter. Vooch, Drummond, and Randle having MVP-like seasons here after one week. So who's the most unlikely of those three? Uh, Lily, get us started. 
due to my personal bias against Vucevic, I can't even joke about him being an early MVP candidate, but I will say he's been great and the Magic unbeaten so far. He yeah. has been very, very good. Uh, just getting those wins, that's all they need, but I can't do it. I just can't do it yet. Last night, though, we had a battle of the Knicks and the Cavaliers, and it was Randall and and, uh, and Andre Drummond there for yep. Cleveland. And Andre Drummond, again, he, he's good. He puts up these monster numbers, gets the steals and blocks as well. I don't know if he got Wallboy. I didn't see Wallboy this morning, but he, he's probably in contention there. Uh, he's been fantastic, and the Cavs... No, Vooch been... got Wallboy. Oh, did he? Oh, wow, wow. Um, but I will say, Julius Randle, uh, he's almost averaging a triple-double on the season. He's 24, 10, and 7.5, and, and last night he was the best player on the court. He was fantastic for the Knicks. Doing it all, uh, finding his teammates, hitting the threes, hitting that mid-ranger. He's got the Zach Randolph mid-ranger perfect right now where he just floats that up and goes in. But his his leadership uh, and his uh, court awareness and, and, and being the best player on his team is really standing out uh, right now. And the Knicks, again, this was a, a fun game to watch. I was excited to watch it because both teams have been playing well, relatively speaking, to what we expect from them. And Randall was great. He was very, very good last night. So... I think, given the record, they're uh, two and two, aren't they? The Knicks yeah. right now, yeah, they're two and two. Um, I wanted to go. I wanted to go with uh, Andre Drummond because the Cavs are three and one, and he has been great. But uh, I think um, Randall is playing just so well and looking so good out there. So I'm going to go with him. But uh, yeah, when I saw this question, I was like, "This is this is a great question because these two teams." <laughs> there was no way I thought we'd be talking about these two teams uh, a week into the season for not just. Uh, playing well, but winning basketball and playing fun basketball. So mm-hmm. it's great to see. And uh, that was another fun game last night. Unfortunately, the Cavs couldn't pull it off. But uh, credit to Julius Randle for, for for leading the Knicks to a, a comfortable victory there. Yeah, I mean, he's like their point guard. He had nine turnovers in last night's game. Yeah. But his shooting splits are pretty wild. He's shooting 55% from the floor, 69% from three. Very nice. nice. And 74% <laughs> from the line. He's 9 to 13 from deep right now. Uh, he is uh, he is on fire and setting up guys and scoring. Um, so, Trey, I'll go to you next. I mean, Vooch, Drummond, Randall. Who's... Who's sitting there at that table? Uh, give me Vooch. <laughs> he's being such a hater. It's a game, mate. That's got to be Vooch. Uh, the way he's expanded his game over his career has made things easier for the Magic, and he's been good, you know, but it's always, this is what the Magic do. The beginning yeah. of the season, they look great. They come out playing defense. The offense is clicking. Eventually, the scouting report will turn around. Teams will figure out how to stop the Magic, but at the beginning of a season, it always works for some reason. It's going to be Vucevic scoring in the post, maybe scoring outside. It's going to be Evan Fournier pump faking, shooting a 20-footer, <laughs> knocking it down, and it's going to be Terrence Ross getting buckets off the bench. I feel like I've watched the same Magic game for four straight seasons, but it's working right now. The best they've been since 2009, the first time they've gone 4-0 and since then. If I'm not mistaken, that year they went to the finals? No, I guess they went to the finals yeah, in 2010, year, yeah. uh, so in June, so maybe it's just a carryover year. But it's been a good start for the Magic. How long can they keep it up? Who knows? Usually by December is when they start wilting and playing a little bit closer to 500 ball. We're starting here in December, so... Maybe they're able to stretch it out a little bit longer. All right, Trey, or Tass, before I ask you, let me just give you the stats. We heard Randall's stats, but Vooch is averaging 20 points per game, 11.5 rebounds per game, nearly four assists per game. His shooting splits 48 and 45, so he's on fire from distance. 24.2 PER. Drummond, meanwhile, is a 20 and 15 guy with 3.5 assists per game, shooting 46% from the floor. Pretty similar PER, 23.6. Who are you going? Most unlikely MVP candidate of those three in the East, those beasts from the East. Uh, 
Uh, this is a crazy question uh, because uh, like none of them are. That. I saw this uh, question and I liked this question. Yeah, I saw this question and I I thought of last year when Andre Drummond was absolutely balling out early on for the Detroit Pistons, and then he got traded for a second round pick months yeah, later. Yeah. He was literally in the conversation for best centers in the game with Jokic and Embiid. That was a conversation, and he was up there because he's putting those numbers uh, up like he does every year. Um, so some of those numbers are important because he grabs a lot of boards. Some of them are empty stats. Uh, I, I think Vooch's stats are a little bit more impactful right now. Uh, Vooch is sort of the center of the offense, mm-hmm. and they they don't have an offense uh, You know, if they don't have Nikola Vucevic out there. They're scrapping and clawing for points. So Vooch is my MVP of this Unlikely MVP trio because um, you know Julius Randle's going to fall off a bit, and uh, Andre Drummond's stats just don't mean the same to me as, as Vooch. But hopefully, Vooch can keep it up. Uh, this is a, a Magic's offense kind of just falls apart at some point. Uh, it just it just doesn't stay in that flow, and then and then Aaron Gordon can go to his proper role of not trying too hard out there if Vooch is doing this. So Vooch has the talent. It's uh it's kind of crazy to see him not. Not do it for a full season. So hopefully you can do that. I got to pick Randall with this one. This uh, this great question. Uh, but a crazy question, uh, as we have to note. Um, just because Vooch has been an all-star. And, you know, Lee hates him. But we've talked about <laughs> him and his uh, unbelievable abilities before. Drummond has been, what, a two-time all-star? I think Drummond yeah. made an all-NBA team, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. So, you know, he's in the conversation as being one of the better guys in his position. <laughs> uh, but Randall, come, Randall, give me a break. That was for you, Trey. Randall, <laughs> this is wild. Uh, and I saw the Athletics' Mike Vorkanoff pointing out that, unfathomably, the Knicks lead the league in three-point shooting a full week into the season. Uh, That is crazy. Last season, they were right near the bottom, and they haven't been in the top 20 in years, uh, Vorkanov pointed out. So for them to be just hitting all these threes, a lot of them set up by Randall. He is their point guard, which is wild. Uh, He's like Blake Griffin, basically, for them, but 25, (laughs) 11, and 8. Hello. Uh, nah. And he, he's gotten better. He like there's some turnovers were bad last night, but he is better with the ball. He's a more willing passer for sure. Um, he's not. He, he's he used to pound that rock man like that thing would go in and say it's like dribble, 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 like just like the blinders on. He sees the guy in the corner. He, he zips it over there now. So he's become a bit of a better uh, decision maker in my opinion. Will this yeah. like continue? Probably not. But uh, he is a, he's a great baller when he he keeps it up. Can he keep it up? Same yeah, with yeah. all these these guys. Oh, all these guys. Uh, because the Cavs were the number one three point shooting team going into last night, and they played the Knicks. <laughs> then they clanked. I mean, right. it's never too early to talk about MVP candidates. I think next year we should get on the horn on Tuesday night through one half of basketball and, and start and talking debate. about the <laughs> yeah, MVP. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Never too early. All right, next uh, one. Uh, uh, oh. Sorry, just one other thing with Drummond, though. Um, statistically, he's averaging three steals and three blocks a game Oh, as well. thank you for pointing that out, yes. Yeah, I mean, that, that is incredible. Crazy. I don't know, uh, Tass, you're playing fantasy ball these days. He must be, like, one of the top-ranked players for sure because his field goal percentage is 55%. I guess his free throws, uh, and he doesn't give you the threes, obviously, but, uh, you know, I mean, to put up those sort of numbers on both ends of the floor is incredible. Yeah, let me check my lead. He's, he's shooting forty five percent, not fifty five percent. Oh, just is that right from yeah, the yeah. field? Yeah, it's not oh, amazing. I, I that. Oh, that's yeah. not good. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he, would see, be nice he seems like he's in about the twenty twentieth 
spot okay. in fantasy. Maybe 25. I mean, he's maybe garbage 25. at the free throw line. You get no yeah. threes from him. Uh, and he hasn't yet been lights out from the floor. Oh, man, we're talking fantasy ball. Here we <laughs> yeah. Talking fantasy ball and talking the Cavs. Hey, let, <laughs> let's hear Andre Drummond was traded for a bag of beans yeah. last year. <laughs> and it honestly seems like it has worked out for the Cavaliers a lot. A bit, right? Because he's a fast guy. Like, he's a fast yep. center. He's still athletic, and that's the way this team should be playing with the Sexland backcourt there. They need to be playing fast, and I think that um, bringing in Andre Drummond has kind of unlocked that for them, having a big who can run alongside those guys rather yeah. than Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love, who have been the bigs usually for the Cavs. They're not fast-break kind of players, but when you're throwing out Larry Nance and Andre Drummond, it works. It's working right now. Oh, glad we did that question. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets, the things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust & Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific, and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash no dunks. Couple more. What you got? Trey, we'll go to you first. Kings beat the Nuggets last night. Um, they're 3-1. and one. Suns beat the Pelicans in the second game on TNT. Uh, they're 3-1. and one. So of those two, Phoenix and Sacramento, more likely to make the West playoffs if you had to pick one. What you got? Well, if I got to pick one, I think the Suns are a lock. To me, the bubble does not seem like a mirage at all for Phoenix. They look professional. They look like they're on the same page. Cam Johnson has been really solid so far this season. He's rising up the ranks of handsome NBA players out there. <laughs> I've been impressed with the Suns. They really handled the Pelicans uh, last night. And these are two teams that you would think would be sort of in the same tier, uh, you know, trying to make the playoffs for the first time in a while. But the Suns look like a class ahead of the Pelicans. No doubt about it. That being said, I'm pretty impressed with the Kings so far. When De'Aaron Fox checks in in the fourth quarter, he makes every single play that needs to be made. Buddy Heald has been solid for them. Yep. Harrison Barnes has been really good. But the big story last night was the Tyrese Halliburton coming out party. This guy <laughs> does not look like a rookie at all. He's bossing around everybody else. He's saying, Hassan Whiteside, here's where you need to be. De'Aaron yep. Fox, here's where you need to be. And he's played, what, 
four games now <laughs> in the NBA. The Nuggets broadcast compared him to Andre Miller. I thought that was a nice comparison. Hmm. Uh, I also saw somebody call him skinny Brandon Roy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly which is the right one, but he fits in perfectly with uh, the Kings backcourt. They've been bringing off the bench. And I kind of think he'll be starting in not too long just because he just connects so many pieces. He can hit like a crazy 30-footer with that weird-looking shot. Yes. Or he can just move the ball. He just gets people in the right places. He looks like he's been playing in the NBA for 10 years already. Oh, I 100% agree. I'm loving the Kings right now. I like to see them get some victories here too. I'm just like terrified that when the Kings ever have like a little good run and things are going well and they're winning games – Someone inevitably gets hurt on the Kings. Mm-hmm. It always happens. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm jinxing it already. But you're right about Halliburton, man. Like, like he's sort of. I, 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 I don't know where my mind goes to like a flalo for some reason. I don't know why. To, just like a guy that's just like really good and it's just for whatever reason makes all the like right plays, small things, um, and just helps his team like look like a competent basketball team. And he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on that trade. Bagley, I think, is looking pretty solid, too. They're moving the ball really well. Uh, they're fun. They had a fast break last night where it was like, no, you sh- no, you take it. No, you take it. You take it. And it was like Buddy Heald was included in that. Like, Buddy Heald years prior was taking it. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he's dropping it up. They're, they're playing fun. That was a nice victory, I, I thought. And that was like, they were dominant in the second quarter. Up huge, then they give it all back in the third, and you're like, uh, yep, uh, Sacramento. And th- then they, like you said, Fox comes in, sort of steadies the ship along with Halliburton, and they pulled out a really convincing victory. I, that was a great one. Um, I'm high on the Kings right now. If you can't tell. <laughs> but the Suns, I will say, Tass, before we get your answer on this one, like, I didn't watch that game. I see the box score in the morning, or see the score, excuse me, and I, I see the Suns punk them. I'm like, oh, Booker must have went for 35. Maybe Chris Paul had like a triple double or something, like. Those guys did nothing. Booker and Chris Paul like combined for like, I don't know, what is it, like 18 points, 17 points, something like that, maybe even less. They did nothing, and they still got a very, very convincing win. So who would you pick between the Suns and Kings to be uh, more likely to get in there? Yeah, the Suns are showing that they're uh, a well-rounded team, kind of like the Bucks last night. They get 29 threes, and Giannis hits zero. Uh, their best player does, doesn't contribute a uh, to the, the final storyline there. Uh, I, I think it's the Kings at this point. Uh, as far as the playoff team, the Suns, I, I do agree. Um, the bubble was was not a facade, but then you get Chris Paul in there. The only mistake they've made is that they didn't pick Tyrese Halliburton at the 10 spot when <laughs> they had the chance, and they, and they let him go to 12. A lot of people calling him the most polished player. Yeah, his, his form ain't all that good, um, but to me – even though his cousin is Eddie Jones, which is uh, crazy. I didn't know that. Um, I think he kind of looks like Doug Christie out there. And yeah, I don't think I it's just because of the Kings. I think there's going to be a lot of split screens between uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Doug Christie. Just physically the look. But yeah, he's a, he's the adult in the room when he gets out there on the floor. Uh, Halliburton just ain't a beautiful town in Ontario. The guy's <laughs> a good ball player. He is. He just knows uh, what to do out there. I don't know if he starts because then you piss off Buddy Heald again. Uh, and, yeah. and so I don't know what happens there. But yeah, he is. He's he is, he's not really like your prototypical come off the bench and fire away type guy because uh, he's he's not necessarily a a shooter. But the shots are going down right now. He's he's shooting fifty percent from three, fifty six percent from the floor, and uh, yeah, he, he's he's a perfect king at this point. <laughs> a young guy who knows what he's doing, and that. They've they've swung and missed over and over and over again in the draft, and to get him at twelve 
uh, was a godsend for them. So they, they got to be pretty friggin' happy right now. And, and they beat a Nuggets team, yeah, that we should talk about. They came out of the gates last year really, really great on the defensive end. And now they're the exact opposite. They were a top two defense for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're a bottom three defense. And yeah, I think that has to do with Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig not being there and Michael Porter being in that starting lineup and them just uh, not gelling on that page. That was definitely the worry with Porter going into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to kill people on the offensive end. Uh, the, the, the question is the defensive end. And even though Jokic looks like an MVP candidate... Uh, it's 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 got to be a team effort on that end, and I'm and I'm shocked with Jamal Murray out that they couldn't pick it up because you would just think, oh, we're gonna rally around our superstar not being in the lineup. That was a bad bad loss for them. Lee more likely to make the West playoffs. Is it the Suns or the Kings? I have to go with Chris Paul on the Suns. I just have to because there's something a little bit more reliable about him being there, sure. just getting that team over the line. The Kings, it's been great, no question. They've been fun to watch, but it just feels like. We've seen this before a couple of times, and then all of a sudden it just completely, the wheels fall off. Someone gets upset, someone gets angry, they, someone gets injured, and then all of a sudden they lose 11 in a row, and it looks, it's a disaster again. So, you know, I hope that's not the case, because it would be good to see the Kings finally break through and get into that play-in tournament. That would be a, a, an enormous start. <laughs> That'd be big. crazy, man. It would be fun, uh, too. We would have probably like a Brogdon-like situation if the Kings were winning enough games and Halliburton continues to contribute, but he doesn't have dominant box scores. There'll be like the whole like, who's more deserving of Rookie of the Year? Would it be right, him? Right, or is right, it like right. Wiseman who's putting yeah. up, you know, whatever, 20 and 10s or stuff like that? I could see that. That's a pretty good comparison, too, as far as comps go. Brogdon. Yeah. Brogdon. Yeah. yeah just mm-hmm. uh, very solid winning basketball player. So absolutely. Speaking yeah. of Halliburton, though, like against the Nuggets in that first game Tom of Fish? the season. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. Oh. He, he was he was good against the Nuggets even in game one. Like, he's he's come into the league ready. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he, that, that's been – that could be one of those surprises. A couple of people were picking him as a sort of dark horse – Rookie of the Year candidate. John right. Hollinger, remember when we talked to him about his mock draft? All I remember is he hated everybody except Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah, he's the only good player in this draft. I mean, I'm kidding a little bit, but yeah, I know that you're right. People were high. Yeah. So uh, it's good. It's good. And Buddy Heald, we know that he's not super happy uh, just in Sacramento right now, but he hasn't been pouting on the court. He's been playing really well. And De'Aaron Fox does look like he has just matured to a level where he's like, I am the best player on this team. I have to go out there. And, and, and win games like a good point guard, like someone like Chris Paul does. Uh, and he's done that. So, yeah, it's good. It just feels a little bit like, ah, oh, man, these don't don't get too good too early and then have that, that fall off. Just be sort of fly under <laughs> the radar a little bit. Don't win too many games better. too early, yeah. But, but so far, one good, thing for the, for the, <laughs> one good thing for the Suns, a good sign, is that, you know, Chris Paul hasn't had to do too much for that team, no. which is good. You don't want him to be the best player on that team. He's got to be like their third best player behind... Booker and Aiton, uh, and just pick his spots. And so that's a good sign there for Phoenix, which hopefully they can sustain it as well. Mm-hmm. Fun question for you guys out there in the stream team. Uh, and for anybody listening a little bit later, you can tweet at us at no dunk sink. All of these, let us know your answers. But more likely to make the West playoffs. Or which team are you enjoying watching more right now even? Suns or the Kings? Because uh, yeah. it's nice to see them get some victories. Go ahead. For sure. And I'll just jump in. Also fun to know that Tyrese Halliburton... Born in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Oh, that's fun to say. <laughs> Didn't know that was a place. Talked about Halliburton, Ontario. Now talk about Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And I see, again, a great stat you guys brought up earlier from the stream team that Trey Young averaging more free throws than t- the entire Toronto Raptors team. I see it now mentioned for a second time here in, in the stream team. <laughs> you got to credit who it comes from. I know, I know, you know, stats aren't 
uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, you can everybody can find stats uh, on their own, but <laughs> somebody came up with that stat because I've seen it elsewhere. Give a little bit of credit, all right? Just just credit somebody because I got you. I know John Schumann's on the on the. Uh, on the stream team here. And a lot of times people don't credit him for the deep stats that he finds. <laughs> right. Somebody throw throw a bone because I know Sam you know no. Sam you know no and Greg Air, they saw it from somebody. Who did it? Who came up <laughs> with that? Stats. Who found that, that stat? <laughs> who found that stat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know uh, I don't want to blow up Shu's spot here, but I know Shu gets very angry when he's watching a game. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's say on League Pass. And he hears a very, very specific stat that he obviously put the work in to find and shared with the world on Twitter or on NBA.com, and they don't credit my man Shu. That's got to be a little infuriating. There's no doubt. Um, yeah. So. yeah, via NBA.com. You don't even have to credit Schumann if you don't want to say his long name. That's fine. But just say yeah, via NBA.com. No one knows NBA. how to spell com. his last name. It's like, it's yeah. H. Well, how many H's are in there? Is it double N? <laughs> um, yeah, so credit your stats, people. Uh, we, we try our best here. I think we do a pretty good job of it. Um, but, hey, keep us honest, too, you know? Keep us honest. Yeah. All right. Uh, our final one. Lee, you really wanted to get this one in here. Uh, Because you love ripping on coaches, man. You are ruthless. You know that? Uh, Hotter seat, Lee. Who's on the hotter seat? Is it the Wizards coach, Scott Brooks, or is it the Pistons coach, Dwayne Casey? That's a good question. I I like that. Hey, man, you said I had a good question earlier. You have a good question now. So you answer your own question. This is a great question, I have to say. Uh, Listen, this this is a tough one because when you look at the two teams, okay, the expectations, the Pistons are a team that's clearly rebuilding. So the expectations there to win and to make the playoffs are not quite the same as they are with Washington. Washington's like, we should be making the playoffs. Yeah. Scott Brooks is in the last year of his contract. They're 0-4 and they lose to the almighty Bulls last night. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, look, he's a, he's a very nice guy, great, great guy, but it's almost like... <laughs> what, you know him? <laughs> uh, you know, not really. But uh, yeah. listen, the, the thing is, it, it feels like... When you're the Wizards and you have the expectations and the coach is in the last year of his contract, it's like, this is the odd, we've got to make something move without making a trade, without bringing a player in, fire the coach, get a new voice in there because, you know, that was a bad loss to the Bulls. Um, You know, that was the one they should have won last night. Both teams, of course, desperate for a victory last night and the Bulls did it pretty easily in the end, I would say. Pretty comfortable win. I don't know, Trey, I know you were nervous the other night and, (laughs) and it blew up in your face. How did you feel last night watching the game there? Oh, I'll never feel secure in a 10-point lead for the Bulls. I saw them have a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. I'm like, this is going to be a loss for sure. But that's why I got Scotty too hottie as well on the hot seat. Oshbosh, but gosh, you lose to the Bulls like that. It was a disaster. I mean, the first half was ugly. Oh, my. Just throwing the ball around both teams. Nobody playing defense. But the Wizards kept at it being bad in the second half. They finished with 21 turnovers and, you know, I'm watching this on my laptop. I got the sound off just so I can uh, be peeping that while Laura's watching something on the big TV. And there are so many times where it looks like there's a whistle blown and play has stopped, but then the Bulls are shooting a layup at the hoop. And you're like, oh, right. That's just how the Wizards play defense. There are just times when somebody will cut down the lane and nobody has any idea who's guarding them. I mean, we're not expecting the Wizards to be good, but I overestimated them. I thought they would be in the mix for a playoff spot. And right now, it just looks like Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal putting up stats and zero effort on the other end of the court. It's a disaster. Yeah, I I have to go with Brooks 
being on the hotter seat than Casey. I thought the Pistons would be the worst team in the league, and they're living up to that billing. I don't think it's Casey's fault. Uh, he's just got to figure out. He's just got to like we've talked about get the trade value up for some of his uh, vets so that they can hopefully flip for uh, for young guys and, and draft picks. But yeah, Brooks. I mean, they're expected to be a good team. Task. Some of us were very convinced. Uh, do you go Brooks, Scotty, too hotty, or uh, cool Casey? I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> This is Dwayne. a good. It's a good question, Lee, but Dwayne. not as good as the uh, underrated, uh, m- most valuable player candidates, or, or uh, <laughs> unlikely a, most valuable player candidates. It's, it's close. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's Scott Brooks. The Dwayne Casey situation. Yeah, he's, he's playing young guys. I think he plays his young guys until he basically says at the end of games, like, "Oh God, okay, they're not playing well enough. Let's get Blake in here." And Blake yeah, sure. left yesterday's game. Uh, under concussion protocol, got one in the mouth, uh, so he left the game. There's there's question marks around that team, and that's to be expected. With the Wizards, yeah, they expect to win. Uh, I am. I, I, I thought they'd have a year here where Russell Westbrook would be good, and then they come to a point where Bradley Beal's like, okay, I don't know how good we're going to be. Maybe I should get out of here. Uh, but it might come sooner than that. And I, I wonder what what point they're going to regret that Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, kind of like, you know, OKC did or, or the Houston did with that with the, the trade for Russell Westbrook way back in the day. They're just not playing well. Not playing well at all. Don't like watching that. And uh, I got to hold on, hold on before we go. Who's got a leaf blower? Yeah, going? Someone's I know definitely I got, got the leaf blows. blower. I got blows. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, sweet, sweet, sweet. Let me just jump in here. Uh, give credit to Rob Mahoney, according to uh, Sam You Know No. Oh, God. Uh, let's for, not go for the stat. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, give it to him. It's not proprietary information. Stats aren't proprietary information. However, let's give credit. <laughs> Okay, I'd like to um, point out that the Wizards are 0-4. I'd like to credit um, NBA.com for that stat. Uh, I don't know who's in charge of their standings. Might be cute Steve, but I'd like to credit him for letting me know that the Washington Wizards are 0-4. Um, I do have a question about the Wizards, though, because you're seeing it already happen. Is this Westbrook's fault? That's what people are pointing the finger immediately at Westbrook. He's averaging a triple-double, uh, you know, the 19, 14, 13 in the three games he's played. He's not shooting well, 41%, I think, from the floor. I'd like to credit Cute Steve, I believe, for that stat as well. Uh, one for 10 from three, a lot of turnovers. But is this his fault? I saw Ziller in his, uh, you know, in his newsletter this morning pointing out that when Beal and, and Russ are out there, the Wizards are plus 29. Mm. <laughs> so they're, they're good. It's when Westbrook Thank you for crediting Ziller. Thank you for absolutely. crediting Ziller. Absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to Ghostface Ziller. But when Westbrook is not out there, you know, that's when they're falling apart. So, I mean, I, I'm just a little worried that like, uh-oh, 0-4, uh, Wes, Russ is the new guy there. It's his fault. I, I'm not sure that's the case. That's the easy angle, but I'm not sure I actually buy that. But I, I know people will say, no, it's Westbrook. <laughs> That's why, yeah. you know, great. He got triple doubles. So what? They lose. What do you, yeah. what do you think about that, Lee? Well, the stats, the stats don't back up that it's Westbrook's problem. Uh, I mean, there's so much more there to the Wizards. And you guys, we've sort of talked about that. The defense, they just don't care. So teams can score whenever they want. And Westbrook is out there doing what we know Westbrook can do. I mean, he's kind of gotten rid of that three-point shot a little bit. He's going into that mid-range, which is his shot. And he can do that. So when he's on the court, when he's on the floor... The team's going okay. So I, I don't think uh, he does deserve to be have the finger pointed at him in the past on some of the other teams he's been on. Yes, because he tries to do too much. But when he's out on the court, he's playing okay. The Wizards are just a badly constructed team. And that's really the problem here. You know, again, Davis Bertans had an okay game last night, but they signed him for five years and 80 million. Uh, he doesn't play defense. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're just they're just not a team that's that's constructed well enough to really compete. You bring in Westbrook again, the triple doubles great. He's not shooting you know all that well, but uh, he's he's sort of contributing. It's just where else where else is the talent on this roster outside of Beal and Westbrook? That's the real question. Yeah, but when you have Russell Westbrook as as a guard on your team, uh, you gotta have some scrappy defenders around him because Russell Westbrook isn't gonna be scrapping defensively all the time. It's just you've seen it happen. That's just the way it's gonna work. Rui Hachimura not being in the lineup definitely hurts. Uh, he is one of those scrappy dudes, um, but also Russell Westbrook sitting games also hurts. He, he's also missed a game, so uh, I think you can. You know, uh, throw some uh, some blame on that for that loss because Russell Westbrook wasn't around. Uh, they they need scrappy dudes in the lineup, so I, I think Isaac Bonga and Rui Hachimura are going to play lots around Russell Westbrook because that's what you need in terms of a constructed roster around Russell Westbrook. How long does uh, Brooks get here? You think Trey? Like, how bad does this have to get until they will fire him and say, "Well, we got to get somebody else in here to try and right the ship." Well, I guess it will depend on if they lose against the Bulls again on Thursday. Because if you lose <laughs> to the Bulls again, maybe that's it. Maybe they say, yeah. come on, man. What are you doing? You're losing to the Bulls twice in a week. But I think, uh, who knows? I mean, maybe they they valued the stability in having uh, the same coach there for a while. You know, I remember Randy Whitman. It seemed like this guy was going to be fired for three straight seasons. And they kept bringing him back, bringing him back, bringing him back. There is the pre-existing relationship with Westbrook, which maybe factors into the decision as well, but the team looks exactly like they did last year, despite the fact that they did bring in another player. You know, there was no John Wall last year, so theoretically you upgraded just by having another all-star caliber player out there on the court, Uh, but they look no different than they did last year, and the problems that the Wizards had last season are the exact same problems they have this season. It's going to be tough to find somebody else to blame eventually for that. So, I mean, you got to think it's a, a month, maybe. I mean, yeah. I guess it'll depend on how this month goes. If they turn it around quickly, if they're able to look like they're at least competitive for the play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference, I guess that helps. But uh, you got to beat the Bulls on Thursday. <laughs> the question is, would it, would they be better with John Wall playing instead of Russell Westbrook? Because he plays on both sides. It's <laughs> hey. a, a good question. I mean, maybe. Hey, in a show filled with good questions today, that might be the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And but I need to... I need time to think about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Great. And we need to get to uh, JD's Wonder Woman 1984 review. But we have an update on the severity of John Morant's injury. Just quickly here. I guess the news could be worse. You tell me if I'm wrong, guys. According to the team, uh, the Grizzlies star point guard has a grade two left ankle sprain. He's expected to miss three to five weeks. That timeline would put him around. You know, late January, early February, probably, and coming back. He's going to miss, like, 15 games, maybe a little bit more even. They're already missing Jaron Jackson Jr., Justice Winslow. Can Memphis survive, guys? Lee, can can they... Are they in, in trouble here, uh, having, obviously, their star player out for a, a decent chunk of time? Yeah, I mean they are because they uh, they got the win when he sat uh, against the Nets there the other night, but that was obviously a close one. But yeah, they've got the Lakers in a back to back as well coming up. It's just hard to see that the uh, Grizzlies can really hang on at this moment because they they aren't a deep team and uh, they need any wins they can get. And obviously, when Jar was playing, they hadn't broken through yet. So uh, right. yeah, this uh, this this season could get away from them pretty quickly here. But the three to five weeks is good. You know, a younger guy, um, you know, he's going to want to get out there soon. So hopefully it's on the shorter side of that, uh, that, 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 
term there and he can get back within three weeks. But so many games playing so close together yeah, that the Grizzlies could find themselves in a bit of a hole here pretty quickly. Kyle Anderson, slow-mo. Give him the ball. He's their point guard. Tyus Jones, you know, he's sort of their backup point guard. Maybe he gets it going here. Trey, do you have any faith that they can survive here without Ja? I'm with Lee. It's not just needing to get Ja back. It's got to be Ja and Jaron Jackson because the defense has been pretty bad for the Grizzlies so far, and that's where Jaron Jackson can really help stabilize them. Uh, Right now, if you look at the Grizzlies roster, they got seven guys on the injury list, and that's going to be tough. I mean, obviously, Ja is the big one. If he's missing three to five weeks, like you're saying, Skeets, that could be 15 games. Their schedule... Mm -hmm. It isn't insane. They do have the Lakers twice, the Blazers twice, the Nets and the Sixers, but they play some other teams who are kind of on their same level. So mm. maybe they'll able to, you know, build around Kyle Anderson, build an offense around him because he has been scoring the ball pretty well lately. Like he'd never gotten to 20 points more than twice in his career. And he did it twice this week, you know, so he's got the talent to be able to to be a playmaker, to be a scorer. But they got to be able to stop somebody on the other end because the offense is not going to come easily. Like Anderson might be able to put up points. You might have a hot Dylan Brooks game, but these are not reliable guys who are going to be putting 25 on the board every single night. It's going to be tough for the Grizzlies. There's a lot of games smashed into a short time frame too. If you have a bad stretch, that can put you out of the mix pretty quick. Yes, it can. Uh, Justice Winslow, I don't know when he is scheduled to come back, Tass. I know you're high on him. He could, in theory, play point two, right? Um, we saw that experiment a little bit when he was with Miami, but he, he didn't play last night, and I don't know when they expect him back. It should be soon, I think. Yeah, January sometime for Justice yeah. Winslow. But what uh, what kind of shape is he going to be in? Is he is he a guy who's just going to... You know, come along slowly in, in January and February. I mean, to come in and basically be the best, ask them to be the best player and run the show. That's, that's going to be a lot for a guy who basically didn't play last year either. Um, did he even right. get did he suit up last year? I mean, I really believe in Justice Winslow when he's healthy. He was an untouchable for the Miami Heat at the beginning of last year, which sounds freaking nuts uh, when you think about it. But he was uh, he, and, until Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson came around. They thought... Well, this dude's going to be our future star. So, yeah, I believe in him as long as he's healthy. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? (laughs) Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash no dunks, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. JD. You know, every five days we give you this honor yeah. to look at Twitter and give us a tweet of the night. Yeah, and uh, first of all, I'd like to give credit to uh, Jay Skeets for this uh, tweet. <laughs> uh, put it in the old Slack uh, last night or this morning, and uh, it was great because I was really, really stuck. And uh, it comes from uh, our friend uh, Kelsey O'Brien of Basketball News and the, uh, the Dishes and Dimes podcast uh, in response to... Uh, uh, the Raptors lost to the Sixers. I'm not worried about the Raptors being da- down 0 and 3 because I have gigantic honking hoots. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I first saw this tweet. And I, it wasn't. It just you get to the end of the tweet, and I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, uh, and I exactly. just cackled. Very, so, very, she's very funny. I mean, a honking hoots. Just <laughs> like chef's kiss, for chef's that. kiss. But uh, also, this is the the this is the optimistic bright side attitude I'm looking for heading into 2021. You know, like right, right. yes, the Raptors stink right now, but uh, I'm comfortable in my own skin. <laughs> and uh, you know, Kelsey, uh, an inspiration. And moving forward, this is what I'm going to do. When things are bad, I'm just going to look down at my body, pick a part I like, and, you know, just reflect on it, you know? Yeah, at least you got it's that. like, wraps are down 0-3, but damn, my thighs, they're fire. So. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's, that is a great tweet. So, uh, you know, I, I pitched to it. So let's get your take on Wonder Woman 1984, uh, mm-hmm. JD, because I did forget to come back to you the last couple of days. We, yeah, no worries, no worries. It's such a cliffhanger uh, here. Pretty pretty low on the list of priorities. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, I uh, uh, when I was watching it, I was thinking, man, I wish... I wish I was in the theater watching this so I could walk out, you know, make a, make a statement, you know, like, it's been a long time since I walked out. Oh, that's a great line. And, uh, it's, um, you know, the, fir- the first 10 minutes are great. Like, they're, they're, there's this whole thing where the uh, you see Diane as a little girl and she's, She's oh, yeah. uh, she's doing this obstacle yeah. course and uh, it's back on uh, the island, whatever the island's called. But um, <laughs> uh, and then it just it goes down, hit it falls off a cliff. It's like the one of the worst movies I've seen in a very long time. Uh, you know, I don't know how deep you, I could do a whole show on this, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, you might have to. I'm it's like, now. it's save like, it, save uh, it for film review. Next time there's a, uh, a lockout. We'll it's do so one. bad. <laughs> it really, everything about it is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's the decisions that were made are hilarious. Like right after the great scene, uh, we end up in a mall in the 80s, which we were all expecting. It's called WW84, yeah. you know, but it felt my uh, Rachel was like, this feels like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like this is <laughs> this is and I, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, man, she is so right. It's like this if Pee Wee Herman was written as a superhero, this would be that movie. It's. It's literally the the MacGuffin is a wishing stone where all your wishes come true. It's it's insane. And it's got my favorite Chris. Chris Pine is my favorite Chris. Oh, Chris Pine! Is Don't at me. Wow. I love Chris oh Pine. Love him. Love oh. him. Why is did Chris he have Pine, to be? Hey, is Chris Pine attractive? 
I find him very attractive. I, I feel he seems a little busted to me. <laughs> that's that's what makes him attractive. He's Maybe. slightly Rugged. broken. Yeah. <laughs> but why did he have to be in another guy's body? I don't even understand that. Sorry if there's these are <laughs> there so... might be some spoilers here, but uh, the anyway. mall the mall scene is so bad. It's laughable. It's like, yeah. and then it's just that. Just that. It just. It's got every trope that you could expect, like stereotype, and then it just gets worse. Like, yeah. Kristen Wiig's character is. How many times do we have to see this bumbling, <laughs> sort of uh, socially awkward person become a, su- a supervillain? Like, what? Why? Why? Yeah. Why did they do that? Also, when I was watching Kristen Wiig. I was wishing she was Wonder Woman. I'm like, why not cast her as Wonder Woman? Because mm-hmm. she's so much more interesting and she's funny. And I don't know, like, Gal, Gal didn't do it for me this time. I was just <laughs> like, I was just so stiff. And it might not be her fault. I think it's the writing. I think this movie was buried in notes. Like, I think they sort of started out, hey, we're going to have fun. It's going to be in the 80s. It's going to be great. Mm. And, uh, and it's just like the studios just just bombarded them with stupid notes. That's what I think. Also, how do you have a, a movie take place in the 1980s and there's literally no mu- yeah. 80s music in it? Like there's one song uh, and it's what is it? Frankie goes to Hollywood. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. And it's in it. You can barely hear it. And by the way, not to nitpick. <laughs> But that song came out in October of 1984, and that scene takes place before July 4th, <laughs> oh. 1984. Wow. Not, to nitpick, Not to nitpick, though. Not to nitpick. Not to nitpick. Not to nitpick. That's fair. That's fair, JD. Yeah. Anyway, oh. I hated it. Uh, zero <laughs> out of five Chris's. How many Chris's are there? Chris's. Five Chris's? Well, how many Chris's are there? There's well, Pine, you know, some Pine Hemsworth, Pratt. I mean, I just Evans. think there's three. Evans. Uh, Evans. Evans. Yeah, Evans. yeah. yeah you got to have Evans. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. It's Captain America. Well, where's five? Oh. Where's the other one? I am Chris Stinwig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy we asked you just <laughs> for the quote. I wish I was watching this in a theater <laughs> so I could walk out. <laughs> have you ever walked out of a movie in a theater? Uh, yeah, what was the uh, only once the um, Nicolas Cage um, uh, ambulance movie? Was oh, that? Uh, bringing out the dead. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I couldn't stand it. I yeah. was not in the right mood for it, and I just got up and I said, "No thanks." <laughs> See you later. I didn't last long. But that's it. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. Anyone else walk out of a movie? Yes. I walked out of uh, the Libertine with Johnny Depp. <laughs> wow, it was just me and my girlfriend it. at the time were in the theater. Thought it would be a sexy movie, and it was not. <laughs> like, man, I'm into Johnny Depp wearing a wig, but not that wig. Lee, <laughs> what have you walked out of? Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher made The Guardian in about 2006. It was absolutely atrocious, and I was super hungover watching it. So I was like, I can sit through anything except that. Seriously, wow. watch it. Like, it's incredibly bad. Just so bad. Wow. So stupid. Such a stupid. Stupid storyline, bad acting. Ah, oh, man, it's awful. Okay. Tass, you, you ever left the movie theater? Yeah, just a few weeks ago, I got coughed on, so I left. Oh, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> they're closed. Just kidding. Will oh. movie theaters come back? TBD. Oh boy. Okay, let's get to uh, pick 'em results from last night. Uh, it was that Raptor Sixers game. I threw on the reverse jinx. I tried. I did. <laughs> I took Philly to cover the two and a half, and uh, well, I got the victory in the pick'em. 
Uh, I'm not even happy about it. Everybody else took the wraps, thinking they'd get their first victory. They did not. So Tass is three and two, leaves three and two, Trace two and three, and I am leading the way right now at four and one. Tass, we got six games on tonight. What's our pick'em game? Milwaukee and Miami rematch oh, from man. yesterday. The Bucks landed on thick with an NBA record, 29 threes. Wouldn't expect the Bucks to be the team that holds the record, but they did it by two, uh, beating the Rockets' record of 27. So, repeat, they're six and a half point favorites going into Miami. Miami just has to lose by six or less. Oh, what you got? Wow, this is tough. This is weird. A team just gets hammered by 47 on national TV, and then they got to turn around and play them again. And mm-hmm. the line's only, you know, whatever, six and a half. Go ahead, Lee. Where, where are you going with this? You can yeah. bounce back. So Jimmy Butler, I, I don't think he's officially ruled in or out yet. Um, and Iguodala sat yesterday as well for rest. So I expect at least one of those guys back. But if you're the Bucks and you just put up 144 points against the Heat, I think you can win by seven points or more. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Bucks in this one. Yeah, so am I. I'm going Milwaukee to cover this uh, as well. What do you got, Trey? Well, you know, in a baseball series like this, the question always is, did you burn through your bullpen? Do they still have it the next night? Um, <laughs> give me the Bucks. Uh, if, if we don't know if about Jimmy, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to take the heat right now. Give me the Bucks. Tass? Yeah, Jim, 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 Jim. What about the Jim, culture, Jim. Tass? What about the culture? Uh, he culture, man. <laughs> Come Jim. on. Uh, yeah, are they going to fight back? Uh... Now I'm gonna play it safe and go with the Bucks. Wow. I don't have the guts. Oh, everybody's <laughs> taking Milwaukee to beat Miami by seven points or more. Let's hear from you guys. Uh, what else we got on tonight? We got the Hawks and Nets, mm-hmm. uh, Hornets, Mavs, Lakers, Spurs, Blazers, Clippers, and I'm forgetting one there: Grizzly Celtics. Uh, in addition to the Bucks Heat. So enjoy the games tonight. We will be back tomorrow to break them all down. Hopefully. <laughs> We'll have some great questions to throw at each other <laughs> and maybe even some better answers. Uh, email your questions in, nodunks at theathletic.com for next week's speech step in. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nodunksinc. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe and hit the little notification button on the No Dunks YouTube page. All right, let's call it there. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, got to give thanks to NBA.com and Steve Quintana for that fantastic schedule that we've got tonight in the NBA. Embrace the day, people. You could stay. Hey baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.